0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you're here today. Let's take our Bibles and go over to Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 3. I want to share some things from God's Word that will help you to make your life beautiful. Praise God. You can use your own personalized customization plan upon the world that God has for you to create. We're going to talk about it today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken your word, that it would be living to us. And we thank you, Father. Let this be our daily bread. Our spirit feeds on your word. Thank you, Father, that this is our food. We thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Now notice that statement that the apostle Paul made there to the church in Rome, that he says that this is to everyone who is among you. In other words, he's writing to Christians who are born again and who have spirit life on the inside of them to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every believer upon the born again experience receives their measure of faith. Praise God. So you have the measure of faith on the inside of you, but it's only for the believer. Now let's take look at 2 Thessalonians. Sometimes people that are not saved, they say there's contradictions in the Bible, but there's really not. If you look at them through spiritual eyes and spiritual understanding, it all makes sense. But to the person that doesn't know the Lord personally, then it would appear to them to be contradictions, although they're not actually contradictions. 2 Thessalonians chapter three, and let's go to verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. Now we have just read in the book of Romans where, uh, there are those who have faith. That's the believers here. We read Uh, where Paul is asking for prayer to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. So uh, sometimes people have said, well, there's a contradiction because these have faith and these don't have faith. Therefore God's word is uh, contradicting. No, it's not. Those that don't have faith that do not have the gift of faith, that would be the unbelievers. But for every child of God, you have faith on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to see this very, very clearly in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, I want to bring it home that you really do have faith on the inside of you, because I do. Uh, Even with all of the faith teaching that is taught throughout the body of Christ around the world, I still meet people uh, that are in the church on a regular basis that that say, Pastor Stephen, pray for me. I don't have any faith. Well, it, you know, my response would be, if you don't have any faith, then you need to get saved. <laughs> but they're, oh no, they're like, you know, no, Pastor Stephen, I'm saved. I just don't have faith. But see, uh, what they're actually confessing is that they're just not using it. That's what's going on. We want to talk about that today. But we see again in Ephesians chapter 2, the same uh, revelation, which is that the believer has faith. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Praise God. So you're given this gift of of faith, and you can use it to receive salvation. Praise God. Now, with many Christians, they use that faith that God gives them to receive salvation, and then they don't understand that they can continue to use it in these other areas of their life. But if you don't know that, you'll take faith and you'll set it on the shelf. And you won't use it anymore in life, except for your initial born again salvation experience. At least it got you to heaven, right? Praise the Lord. Because God doesn't shove salvation on anyone. Uh, It's given, it's extended by grace, but you're going to have to take it. There are people out there that believe God is real. There are people out there that actually believe that Jesus is the son of God. They even believe he died on the cross, but they don't receive him. And so they don't exercise faith to receive him and to become born again, to transfer from spiritual death to spiritual life. So thank God for every believer that they have used the faith that God gave them to receive Christ. But my friends, once you're born again, uh, the faith walk is just beginning. And now it's time to use faith to step into these other areas of blessing and goodness that God has intended for you to walk in. Praise the Lord. Now, we have seen in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we have faith. But how, if we actually want to accomplish things that God has called us to do, how do we, uh, how do we exercise this faith? How do we use it? How how do we if we already have it? I mean, how do we release it and things like that? And I want to talk a little bit about this today. And some of this, uh, for some of you, will be uh, not new, but but we are we are going to touch on some things that I will uh, that I do believe it'll be a catalyst for you in these areas where you're already working on certain faith projects. So please pay careful attention today. Let's go back to the book of Romans. And I want to go to uh, this time, chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. And I want to discuss a little bit about how do you get it? In other words, you have that initial deposit, but we want to build on that. So we see in Romans chapter 10, verse eight, but what does it say? In other words, what does God's word say? Uh, What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, why, this is interesting, why is God's word, even from the Torah, this is quoting from Deuteronomy, why is God's word, the Bible, called the word of faith? Mm, Well, we know it would never be called the word of doubt, or the word of unbelief, but why is God's word, why is scripture identified as being known as the word of faith? For two reasons. Number one, it builds faith. That's what God's word will do. It builds faith. And number two, because it causes faith to come. So it It builds your faith, that which you already have, but it also causes faith to come, but it comes to the heart of the person who is open to it. Praise the Lord. Let's continue on with verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now let's go down to verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You can't go beyond your faith. So what you need is the word to give you the platform to stand on. My friends, I can't believe in Bigfoot. I just don't believe it. You know, I uh, I live in a mountain type, uh, well, technically we live in the foothills of the mountains, but we're not very far, uh, 30 minutes from some pretty good-sized mountains. And, uh, of course, anytime you get around the mountains, you... Uh, uh, you get you see people that love the outdoors. You see a lot of jeeps and a lot of outdoor activity. And a lot on a lot of the vehicles, there's the the sticker. You know these decals. People will put it on maybe the back of their window, uh, like uh, Bigfoot. You know waving or something like that. <laughs> you know I saw a sticker the other day. It had a picture of Bigfoot, and above it it had the word believe. Um, hey, that that's kind of funny. That's a nice joke. But no, I don't believe in Bigfoot. I don't have any. A platform of faith that gives me some kind of a substance to stand on. Praise God. Amen. Maybe there's a few people that are hearing me say this and they're very disappointed because they're big believers in Bigfoot, but I'm saying I have no scriptural basis for that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So let's continue on and how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes by hearing God talk. Wow. Wow. What is the Bible? What is the Bible? It's God's, uh, it's God's message. It's God talking. And the thing about the Bible that's so different from uh, other dead history books that are out there, even if their history is factual, the difference is that this book is the word of God and it's, it's living, it's alive. And it is, in other words, it's God breathe. And when you begin to hear it and meditate on it, whoo, I tell you what, um, what happens? I'll tell you exactly what happens. Faith begins to come into your heart. It's like going to the hospital. And I hope you never have to, but it's like going to the hospital and getting an IV and they start giving the drip, 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 uh, the fluids into your body. And that's what happens when you sit down with the word and that word begins to minister to you. And it begins to go into your spirit, go into your spirit as you hear it. And I tell you what, faith is the outcome of feeding on God's Word. So that's how faith comes. It comes by hearing the Word. Now, you can hear other things that are out there. Like, for example, I wouldn't encourage you to do it, but you could listen to the news all the time. Now, it's good to get some news. You well, We want to have a understanding of what's going on in the world. Although, um, you know, with the war right now between Russia and Ukraine and the uh, many nations having vested interest in the outcome of that war, you can get the information, but a lot of it also is heavily uh, leaning towards a certain side. And that's just the nature of war. It's uh, propaganda being pushed by both sides. And sometimes you have to really dig and filter to actually find out what the truth really is. But if you just listened, however, uh, not so much to get an overview of what's going on in the world, maybe 15 minutes or something like that. But if you listened for Five hours every day, that's going to really negatively affect you because there's nothing of the word of God in that. And so there's nothing that's going to build you up. All that would do is, if you listen to it all the time, is you're basically hearing about problems. You're not hearing anything good. And so that's going to begin to get you in the wrong, the wrong uh, condition of heart. Uh, into a place of concern or worry. That's what that would build. But when you hear God's word, it builds faith. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's talk for a minute about why faith is not working for some people. And I'm talking about, when I say people, I'm talking about Christian people. Um, One of the reasons uh, is that while you maybe you hear a sermon or you hear a preacher uh and then nothing still is working is because what is being taught is not necessarily the word of god even though it's being preached by a quote preacher unquote let me give you an example um a very godly man in moravian falls passed away a few months back he lived a long life i think he lived to be 92 years old he was a, uh, a good man. I, I knew him uh, pretty well. and uh, he was a godly man, a spiritual man. And he had been in previous moves of the Spirit. He knew what a genuine move of the Holy Spirit was. And uh, I was in a meeting one time uh, at the, one of these at a lodge that he owned in Moravian Falls and a uh, large lodge. And a lot of people came to the meeting and, uh, and, uh, this older gentleman was there at that time. He was probably in his late seventies. Um, but anyhow, there was some guy that was there. I knew who he was and, uh, he wasn't a pr- preacher, although he, uh, thought he was and he got up and began to, uh, minister the word, and it was no word at all and what he was talking about was all this gemstone stuff and uh you know gemstone he was, he was all this guy could talk about was gemstones he was so excited about gemstones and look i I've, I've heard the, the the talk about that years back there was kind of like a real excitement about that i've had people uh in the prophetic camp Pull out their gemstones and show them to me. And, and by the way, I, you could put me in the prophetic camp. Most of these people I know and stuff like that. I always thought all this stuff with the gemstones was stupid <laughs> because I, I've had people pull out their gemstones that they supposedly had fall from heaven and appear in front of them and they show it to me. And I'm just like, but Hey, you know, you can buy this off of Amazon for a dollar 50 cents. And it's not, it's not even a real stone. It's some kind of synthetic plastic or hard resin or just a a piece of colored glass or something like that. And, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, but anyhow, one of these guys was going on and on about gemstones. And finally, uh, after the nonsense was starting to, uh, I guess, irritate those who really knew the Bible, the old man stood up uh, that I was referring to, the godly old man stood up and he just, uh, with an exasperation, kind of stopped the speaker and said, How in the world is what you're talking about going to get anybody saved? (laughs) Because you know what the truth is? It's not. It's not going to get anybody saved. It's not going to get anybody healed. It's not going to help anybody to grow stronger in faith, to pay bills, or to move ahead in projects. It's just a bunch of talk about stuff that, are you ready for this? That's not important wow <laughs> so uh, you know what you want to do my friends is is you want to understand that while faith works by love and our love walk has to be first and foremost because uh they'll know us by our love okay uh and you know if you have all this other stuff going on even if you have the faith to move mountains but you don't have love we we know that you're missing it okay so we want to walk in love. But when it comes to love, it's not like you really need somebody to teach you how to love. You, 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 just, you just love. You, you reach out and you love and you, you put others first. You put God first. and uh, And so it's not like love is really some kind of a technical subject. That's really complicated. It's just easy. It's just agape love. It means you put others before yourself and you just walk in love. But the thing with faith, though, is that it's different from the perspective, it's that it's actually the most important subject that you could ever study in the Bible. And a lot of times preachers, such as the one standing in the meeting, going on and on and on and on about gemstones. And, of course, in that meeting, not one person got saved. Not one person got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not one healing took place. Not one manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit took place. Nothing. Just a bunch of mumbo, I call it mumbo-jumbo. And it doesn't do what? It doesn't produce faith. (laughs) Look, here in Moravian Falls, we've seen it all. Because anytime you have an authentic Uh, prophetic type anointing or an authentic grace where God would bless a place with his presence. It attracts everything bizarre and weird under the sun. And what a lot of immature Christians do, even if some of them have been in the church for 30 or 40 years, but yet they they don't know the word, it's like they swallow everything. And they swallow all the silly and all the bizarre and all the weird. And um, and never stop to think, do you have do you have scripture for that? Do you have chapter and verse for that? But see, a lot of this stuff that's out that's mumbo jumbo. No, it's just all it's all stuff that even if, it, if some of it is biblical, it's a it's a minor. It's not even close to being a major. But faith is the major study in the Bible. Why? Number one, you can't be saved without it. <laughs> Nobody is going to get to heaven without using the faith that God would give them. Uh, So when you hear the word and you hear about salvation and Jesus dying for your sins, that's all good, but you're not there yet. You are going to have to use your faith and call upon the name of the Lord. And even if you do it from your heart, okay, but you still have to release your faith and then, and only then will God save you. You're saved by grace through faith. Praise God. So we need to know what faith is because that same initial experience that God has saved is also the the experience in which we come into the other blessings of God that come in the salvation package. Number two, you can't live without faith. You, You simply won't know how to do it. Why? Paul said the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter one, even old Testament prophets, such as Habakkuk quoted, uh, this uh, phenomenal statement, the just shall live. This is how you live your life by faith. I, I know some Christians, it seems like all they do is run around from conference to conference, hoping to get another prophecy because they're living by what a prophet or prophetess would tell them. And that's not how you live your life. You live your life by faith. You put your trust in God, you do your praying, you get into the word and you hear the word and you listen to good messages and solid teaching that builds you up. And then you walk it out by faith. Because even though like with my life, I've had visions, I've had supernatural encounters with the Lord, I've had supernatural encounters with angels, and none of that exempts me from having to believe. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, you've seen Jesus in a vision face to face that 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 doesn't mean i get to take my faith and put it on the shelf and just those are special things that god does but i've got to use my faith just like you do and everybody every other christian does if i want to reach the finish line of my calling and my destiny my faith is essential for that the just or the righteous those that belong to god shall live by faith Woo! praise god thank you lord jesus And next, you can't please God without faith. If you want God to be happy with the way that you're living your life and uh, you're you're endeavoring to please God, you can't do it without faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible. So there's no workaround. It is impossible to please God. God. So you can't be saved without it. You can't live without it. You can't please God without it. And we could go on and on, but you can't even fight without faith. Because Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith that's a spiritual fight because you have circumstances and you have the enemy working behind the scenes trying to bluff you out fake you out trying to put negative circumstances in your way and on and on it goes with these with these battles we have a faith it is a faith fight okay but you can't fight without faith because it's the good fight of faith <laughs> so what should we do well we should we should major on the majors praise the lord and faith is the major subject and you it has to keep coming because you get faith by hearing the word of god but that expression in the greek we read it in the english and we think okay i've heard it but in the greek it implies you have to keep hearing it and hearing it not so much because of repetition but because you're also getting fresh revelation now there is a place for repetition but this is not just intellectual. We're not trying to memorize scriptures, although scripture memorization could be good, but we're trying to get the word, not so much into our head. We're trying to get it into our heart. And what goes into your heart is what you understand, what you comprehend, and what what you can take a hold of and, and assimilate. Praise God. So one of the reasons that faith doesn't work is because it's just not God's word. And if it's not God's word, it's not going to produce faith, even if it's something being espoused by a preacher. Okay. <laughs> you know, there was, a, there was a minister. He died last year in Africa. I just want to give you an example of how this, how this stuff works. And this minister who, to me, every time I heard him preach, he was very well known. And to me, it always seemed like a bunch of mumbo jumbo it's always seemed like a mixture of weird stuff that you can't quite understand what he's talking about because that's, that's what he was. That's the kind of that flow. And if the foundation is all crooked and messed up, everything else that you build on top of that's going to be weird too. So this minister, he told people, this is on, this is on record. He was asked one time, well, can you tell us about your salvation experience? He said that he was born again while he was in his mother's womb. And people thought, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Isn't that wonderful? And they would see him do things that, would have, that, that were supernatural, and they just attributed everything to God. But nobody ever stopped to say, now, hold on a minute. R- would you repeat that and say that over again? See, he said that he was born again in his mother's womb. Okay, I've got a question. Where's that at in the Bible? That doesn't line up with anything in New Testament theology. You cannot make that fit in New Testament theology. So what do people do? Because even though it's bizarre and it's an it's an unscriptural statement, oh, but they like him. Oh, look at the look at signs and wonders. What what do people do? Well, it's like it's like the game of soccer. Okay, you have to get the ball into the goalpost. Okay, you get it into the net. The ball. Is going towards the goal, okay? The the goalpost and the net—they're not going after the ball. But what do Christians do sometimes? They just move the goalpost. They'll move it for that person because they like him. Who? He has a deliverance ministry. Look at all of that, my, my friends. Not everything that's supernatural is of God. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord! You got to watch out on these things again. Come back to the Word. Come back to the Word. You have to be born again, but you can't be born again if you don't understand it. And when you're, when you're a little baby or in your your mother's womb, no, no, you're, you can't be born again. This is crazy stuff. Okay, so in stuff like this, my friends, we have to call it and say that's unscriptural. That's heretical. We're we're not trying to be like judgmental, but we are wanting scriptures. And if somebody makes some kind of bizarre, unbiblical statement that doesn't line up with the word of god then we have to reject that i can't say that's god i don't care how many miracles are going on that's by the way that's why the messages of the sermons were always like weird weird and sure enough sure enough there came out a picture that in the early formation stages of this man's ministry while he was preaching christ he was also preaching islam and you know even had a banner of of jesus and uh, muhammad you know and all it just so there was mixture it's like he didn't even know what theology was or good doctrine was (laughs) so uh, you know what that's why you can hear certain messages and after you've heard it it doesn't do anything for you it might confuse you but it doesn't build faith if it's not building faith we have two possibilities going on number one it's actually not god's word Okay, and I don't have time for that. <laughs> Why? I have too much coming at me to be playing games. I know you do too. We live in a world where uh, the devil doesn't like God's people, and you you have to you have to take hold of God's word and be very serious about. Uh, conquering the Canaan land that God has assigned to you. So I don't have time for messages that don't work. (laughs) Okay. Much less the fact that they're unscriptural. All right. Number two possibility of why it's not working is because the hearer is actually not paying attention. Now I'm not saying that they didn't hear the sermon, but we do know the expression, right? It's kind of like a colloquial expression in one ear and write out the other, right? Uh, you heard it, but you didn't really hear it. Why? I, I don't know. Maybe the person was daydreaming. That, that can happen. We can all have moments where we have these little brain pauses, okay? We take a little break. That's why you can hear a message and you get blessed, but you hear it again. You're like, wow, I missed that, right? So what should what you do? Listen to it again, maybe, maybe three times, <laughs> right? <laughs> Until you really, really get it until you extract the nourishment that is in that meal and you enjoy the fresh anointing that's upon that bread of life. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So it could be that you're hearing it, but you're not assimilating it. And that's very possible, you know, because I've uh, I've preached many messages in churches and, and meetings and et cetera. I've walked out of meetings and I would uh, sometimes just randomly ask somebody in the service, well, what'd you get out of that message? was did that did that help you? Well, that was a good message, Pastor Stephen. Oh, that's good. How did it bless you? What part ministered to you? Well, I, I guess it was all good. Uh, what part was good? And they can't really remember. and um something was distracting them. amen. so uh, that's also why, in some situations, Uh, faith is not working, but we do want our faith to be working. And when you hear it uh, with um, your ears open, it goes into your heart. Faith is never something that's in the head. I've met a lot of people, even young children, maybe they went to a, a good Sunday school and they were taught scriptures and they could, they could quote all these scriptures, but they don't know what the scriptures mean. Okay. So while it is good to study the word, we want to get it into our hearts. That's where the, that's where the, the, the engine is at. That's where it goes to work because as Jesus said, faith is of the heart. That's Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. Faith is of the heart. Praise the Lord. Get it into your heart. And that's going to be the, the, the place from where the power begins to flow. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go a little bit further today. I do want us to go over the 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've always loved this verse, very powerful verse. And, of course, Paul the Apostle, uh, he, he loved it as well. He's going to be pulling from the Old Testament, from one of the Psalms. Actually, it's Psalm 116. But let's look what he said in verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, now he's going to quote from the Old Testament, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So what you want to do is you want to feed your faith so that your belief Is rock solid. Okay, now now you believe it. You believe God's going to do it. Amen. Now, what do you do when you believe? It actually comes very natural. What's next? You you speak, (laughs) and it's like it's like the prophet said. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Yes, and if you don't speak, you could you could have a self combustion. Praise God. So there are those times where the anointing to speak is so strong. And it's because of that word, it has produced faith. And it's now, it's now looking for an outlet of expression. We know that faith has works, but one of the initial works and one of the very powerful works is the actual speaking of it. See, you could be raised in poverty. You could be born into a situation where everything was against you. And you didn't have the industry, perhaps in your country or your state. You didn't have a good school system. Maybe you didn't have parents that, uh, that had a walk with God. So you're just thrown into the world. Thank God you were born. Thank God for your parents. But everything is an uphill climb. And, uh, you know, you you could think, wow, this is tough. And it could be. It could be that the circumstances, the environment is very harsh. But as you get into the Word and you see the power of God's covenant, and as you see the promises that are available to you, and as you see that Jesus took poverty upon himself on the cross, not just the payment for sin, but all all of the penalties associated with sin and the curse of the law, which included poverty, you begin to realize now, hold on a minute. Jesus has redeemed me from this. Hallelujah. He became poor so that I could be rich. And you begin to walk in the, the light of the scriptures and it's producing faith. What's going to happen? You're just going to shout. I mean, it's going to come out and you're going to say, thank God I don't have to be poor anymore. And I separate myself, not only from poverty, but from a poverty mentality. Hmm. Praise God. And so it, it's the same thing with, with your body. You could have a long time illness, or you could have a, a health condition that really uh, slows you down or hinders you in life. But you know what? You can get into the word and you can begin to examine the scriptures. And you begin to find out that when Jesus hung on the cross, he Yes, he paid the penalty for our sins, but he also, again, dealt with everything that sin brings into the earth. And one of those areas is sickness and disease. And then you find out that by his stripes, you were healed. And then you get the full revelation that healing is in the atonement that Christ accomplished there on the cross, dying. And pouring out his blood so that we can gain heaven through faith and trust in him and also gain victory over all of these crazy things in the world that the enemy would try to uh, impede us with and so you begin to stand on the scripture and you begin to meditate on the healing verses and i tell you as you do there will come a point it's like you're you become like a spiritual volcano and as you put that word in yeah there's going to come a point point where an expression, a declaration of the spirit of faith uh, working through you will come out and you're just going to want to scream, I'm healed right now. Praise God. Right now. I take it by faith. I'm healed based upon what Jesus did for me. He purchased my healing. I receive it now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) But see, that's when you believe and you have to feed your faith. What does it feed on? The word of God. Praise the Lord. So this is why you can see, yeah, you have to really work this. You have to get into it. You have to focus. You have to pay attention. You have to be there, dialed in. Amen. And as you do that and you stay on that, that word gets you stronger and stronger and stronger. And remember, the word is anointed. And that anointing, it just breaks. It breaks whatever the hindrance might be. Woo, praise God. And the next thing you know, you're free. You're in that place now. Of having proved the word true, because it has worked for you. Praise the Lord Jesus. And since we have the same spirit of faith. See, that's what Joshua and Caleb had. They had a spirit of faith. And they they countered the words of the other ten spies. The other ten spies said, We were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we were in our sight, and that uh, we're, we're just like a bunch of grasshoppers. And they said, we can't do it. But you know what? Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it. And not only can we do it, let's actually go do it right now. Let's just go up right now, stop all of this uh, excuse-making and all this uh, fear-mongering, and let's just go right now and take our inheritance. And so what is that? Why is there such a contrasted difference? Because those two had the Spirit of faith. And when you have the spirit of faith, you do what they did. You start talking (laughs) and they talked, they talked faith and the others, the other 10 talked unbelief and doubt. And they got exactly what they were expecting, which was, um, delay defeat. And they never, the others never went into their inheritance, but I know that you will. I know that you will, but my friends, along with that knowing and that believing, you have to speak it. Praise God. You have to say, I'm going to do this. God is with me. This shall be accomplished. Hallelujah. This is happening now in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now I have have met many people uh, in the word of faith, the revelation in scripture, what we see these expressions word of faith Uh, became a movement within the body of Christ, and rightfully so, because it's true. It's the Word of God, (laughs) right? Um, But it did become what we would call even a stream. Uh, You know, we've had many revivals and many renewals within the body of Christ, and you have various streams in the body of Christ, and there came the stream of the, the Word of Faith. It was like a gigantic wave, and it's still flowing today. But yes, in some ways you could say it almost became like the denominationalized. But um, this is not something that you could just say, well, that's that was a wave. We had that is over. No, faith, uh, the true walk of faith will never be over. But I think for some, the reason they got kind of dry, you know what I'm talking about, is because they also didn't understand that you you have to balance this Word and spirit, and so that's why you, uh, while you're looking for these energizing faith words and scriptures, you also have to keep your prayer life up, and you have to keep that spirit walk with God going, because that brings that anointing, that freshness on the word. So yes, I've met a quite a few Christians that would have the revelation of the spirit of faith, and they're making correct technical statements but it's not really working because they just don't have a close walk with God. It's almost like they're not even interested in that. They just want what they say to come to pass. That's what they want. <laughs> but no, God's too smart for that. This is about relationship. So you've got to keep your prayer life up or else if you get away from that, you can try to use this for selfish gain and you grab things by faith. You think you're doing it by faith and you're making statements and you could, be, you could be targeting something that's not God's plan for your life. I'm not saying it's illegal or immoral or unethical, but it just could be that that's not God's plan for your life. That's why you have to pray. And we see something very interesting in Psalm 141 uh, that would be in line with this. Psalm 141, uh, this is uh, the words of David. And, of course, he's also the same one that gave us that initial term, spirit of faith. Okay? Psalm 141 verse two, let my prayer be set before you as incense. So we know that incense often represents prayer because it's like smoke going up. That's like the prayer going up to God, our father. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. This is what I got this morning in prayer, that prayer regulates the proper usage of words. See, David talks about, let his prayer go up as incense. And then he says uh, in this prayer, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. So there's a connection between prayer and the ability to control the tongue and put that guard there so that you don't misspeak and that you don't uh, say things that are not in agreement with God's word and will keep watch over the door of my lips so prayer regulates the proper usage of words so you want to have a very uh, strong prayer life and you want to be speaking praise God believing praying and speaking and you just you're just working these timeless eternal principles praise God thank you Jesus and things begin to happen. Amen. You begin to create. Let's go to Genesis chapter one just for a moment. We're talking today about making your world beautiful. Mm. Uh, you can have your world presented to you just the way it is, but maybe you don't like it like that because it was fashioned perhaps by somebody else. Maybe the back backyard, maybe you bought a house and uh, you go out to the backyard And this is the way it's presented to you. This is the way that you received it. But that doesn't mean you have to uh, let it stay like that. (laughs) You can make things the way that you want. It's your life. It's your world in the sense that you can, you have the ability to make changes. Praise God. Now, Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. One of these days, uh, all of these brilliant scientists at NASA will figure this out and save themselves a whole lot of uh, uh, needless searching in the wrong direction, <laughs> and they'll make a lot better strides. By the way, that's why—that's why probably Isaac Newton was the most brilliant scientist of all time, and. I'm not the only one that thinks that Albert Einstein said that Newton was the most brilliant scientist ever to walk on the face of the Earth. Okay, we're not talking about Jesus, okay, because we know he's he's the most brilliant of all. But when it came to this area of science and just you know regular men, okay, uh, he was on a different level. You have to wonder why, because he was a very godly. Scientist. Was he perfect? No, he'd get really angry sometimes. <laughs> but um, if you look at his writings on science and all of this, a lot of people don't know that two-thirds of all of his writings were on the subject of theology. And so, uh, you know, the, the modern atheistic scientist, they just push the fact that he was a brilliant scientist, and, uh, you know, they talk about his writings. They don't mention that two-thirds of his writings were actually about God. A lot of the writings were about um, eschatology or end-time events. And there are, some, there are some who say that his IQ could have been 400. So uh, he, he was out there. But I believe the extra edge that he had was not only normal brilliance like many of the geniuses have, but the extra edge came because of his walk with God. Amen. His deep love and reverence for God. And so God puts some extra on the extra. And the next thing you know, you have somebody that's able to calculate the weight of the entire planet. You know, I was out uh, the other day in my yard and I had uh, uh, one of these young men, He's a, he does gardening for me part time. And uh, he was moving a wheelbarrow uh, full of uh, dirt and rocks over to an area where a hole uh, got created, gotten washed out. And I said, we need to fill that in. So he loads it up and we're, we're, we're uh, taking turns pushing it over there and we're talking. And um, I said, do you know how much this weighs? He goes, I don't know. He goes, maybe like 200 pounds, you know, the wheelbarrow. He said, isn't that amazing? We don't know how much this weighs, but Isaac Newton was able to calculate exactly the weight of the entire planet. And it's been proven true. (laughs) So, uh, it was just a different type of person that's able to do those types of things. But my friends, um, uh, Isaac Newton was the kind of man that would read this and say, yes, this is true. This is God's word. And you have scientists today that say, no, this can't be true. And thus they're, they're, they're actually going in the wrong direction and getting further away from truth. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So God, God has faith in him, and he knows that when he speaks, what he says will come to pass. So he speaks and creates praise the lord and my friends i believe that you can bring light into your world also and that you can speak as you believe you speak because you believe it so much why you have scriptures you have scriptures and you you just know god wants you blessed you know that god's good and you speak and you say you know what i'm going to do some creative work right here you might have a an old car. Maybe you don't feel too good about it, and uh, you don't want to go out and just plunge into a big loan and buy another one, And but you think, you know what, that my car, it's looking a little sad. You know what, why don't you use your faith and just... Uh, You know, maybe read Isaiah chapter 58 about restoring the old ruins and just say, you know what? I'm going to restore this old car and grab scriptures. Amen. And then your faith is strong for restoration and just, you know, uh, get the thing, get a brand new paint job. Amen. Put a, Get a new paint job for it. Well, Pastor Stephen, that'll cost eighteen hundred dollars. Well, use your faith and believe God for it. Amen. Use your faith and believe maybe for a discount, or maybe for a neighbor who has a a, a paint a spray paint booth in his garage or something like that, or, or or whatever. Do it yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's just realizing that you can use your faith to get things done. You don't have to leave that like that. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Mm -mm. Maybe the tires on it are old, old tires. All the treads wore off. Why not believe God? Use your faith for four brand new tires. Mm -hmm. Oh, Pastor Stephen, they're $200 each. Yeah. Believe God for a whole set. $800. Amen. Amen. Restore the thing. Use your faith. And when that faith is there, after you've been in the word, you've been in the word, praise God. And then you see a paint color you like that gets you excited. Uh, Then speak it and say, I'm going to do this in the name of Jesus. And this call, this car, by the time I'm done with it, will look as good or better than the day it was driven off the lot. And it's for the glory of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm Mm-mm. You know, you get a little bit older, you don't always just want to throw something away, you know? Uh, Why keep the landfill from getting bigger and bigger? Why Why not restore it if we could? Praise God. But you know, there's all these projects. It could be Could be that you walk out in your backyard and, uh, you know, there's a patio, but maybe it's made of wood. Maybe it's half deteriorated, half rotten. And you can just say, I'm going to use my faith. Praise God. I've been reading about Noah. He built an ark. If he could build an ark with God's help, surely I could rebuild a deck that's only 10 by 15 feet in size. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. But you just release your faith and you speak and you say, I'm going to do this. Praise God. I'm going to transfer this into the garden of Eden and I'm getting rid of these briars and all this other stuff. Amen. (laughs) You know, one of the, one of the amazing things God did for me, and I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live, because it was one of those things that just came in from out of the blue, but it's not luck. It's not chance. It's just when you work principles, you are connecting with spiritual laws that God has established. And it doesn't mean it's the same. The outcome is not the same for everybody. But if you work them, I'll tell you what, the outcome is good for anybody that will work them. And I remember one time that my wife and I were renting a home. We didn't have the money to buy a home. And so we were renting a home. And um, I just went out in the backyard one day and it irritated me like crazy because there were briars and thorns everywhere. It, it looked like paradise lost. <laughs> and uh, this, I said, Lord, this is kind of like maybe Jerusalem looked like this after it was ransacked by the Babylonians and left for 70 years to lie barren. I said, Lord, uh, this is not good. So I went out and bought a weed eater and said in the name of Jesus, this will not be. I'm not going to be associated with weeds and briars. I'm going to cut this all down. And I did it. As the renter, I did it all on my own expense. Bought the weed eater, bought the gas, bought the oil, and just went to town. And uh, all the labor was on me, praise God. And I said, well, Lord, you've given me the ability. I've got some time in between meetings and stuff like that. I'm going to do it. And the more I did, the better it looked and the better it looked. And I kept pushing the jungle back until it started looking really good. And then sowed some grass seed and put lime and fertilizer down. And the next thing you knew, it started to look really good. And then out of the blue, are you ready for this? I don't know if some of you are ready for this. Praise God. I I know you read Genesis 1 and 3. I think for some of you, maybe it's in one ear and out the other. But I'm here to tell you that there's power in the spoken words of the man or woman that believes God's word and believes it so much they speak in agreement with it and they keep their prayer life up so they stay fresh spiritually. Woo, I'm telling you, God will do some crazy things for you because these are principles we're dealing with that are timeless. Well, I went to the office one day, you know, this this is after I kind of did this thing on my own. Didn't tell anybody. Kelly was, of course, made Kelly happy, you know. Uh, you know, now we got green grass out there and it's looking good. Anyhow, it's okay. So one day I went to office. I went to work at my office, and I'm in I'm in my office working, and um we had a guest, we had a visitor, and the person that came in was my landlord. And she came in. And she was uh, a little, I wouldn't say excited, but she was like, she had to talk to me. It's like she was being compelled. And she came in and uh, she said, Stephen, she said, God told me to give you, oh, I don't know if some of you are ready for this. Mm, praise God. Amen. You know, I, remember, I used to be the kind of guy that used to hear these kind of stories. <laughs> but when they start happening to you, what does it do? It motivates you to get into it more and work it. She came into my office and said, Pastor. She said, she said uh, she didn't call me Pastor because at, at that time I was traveling full time. Uh, but she said, Stephen. She said, God told me to give you my house. Give it to you. She God told me to give you my house. And she had paid it down. There was a little bit of money left on it, but she had already paid it down from the day she bought it. She'd paid it down, paid it down, paid it down, paid it down. And then God spoke to her and she did it. She did it. She signed it over to me and my wife. Can you believe that? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Lord. Amen. Wow. Praise God. Amen. But see, you have to start creating your own could we say garden of eden you have to create you have to start somewhere god said well let's start with light okay create light let's just go to work and it's not like you can turn it all in one day i mean even god you know i mean god could have i'm sure he could have done it in a second if he wanted but six days and yes i believe those were literal six 24 hour days praise god okay so he did it in six days you, it might take you six months, but let the transformation begin. Go to work on it. Roll up your sleeves uh, and roll up your faith sleeves and go to work. Use your faith and make your world beautiful. Praise God. Glory to God. Why do people play golf? I mean, it's so hard to hit the little golf ball. It's so hard to hit it. People hit it and uh, off into the bushes. They hit it into the water. They hit it into the forest. Why do people play golf? Because it's pretty because the golf course is like a garden of Eden recreated. Amen. That's why people go there because it's beautiful. I've never seen anybody play golf in the ghetto. Have you? How come people don't play golf in the ghetto? I mean, surely you could just go out there and take your clubs out there and play there, right? It it doesn't have the beauty. Praise the Lord. That's what a golf course is. It's an expression of beauty. And somebody had to go to work to create that. Mm -mm. So believe, speak, pray, believe, speak, pray, and just stay in it and, and just stay on it. Praise God until you accomplish projects. And then, of course, once you accomplish them, everything requires maintenance. <laughs> so never bite off more than you can chew. and um, But stay on task and get it done. Praise God. And then they'll drive by or they'll see you and say, what a beautiful life you have. What a beautiful world you have. Oh, you're so lucky. You must have been born with a silver spoon in your mouth but they don't know. <laughs> they don't know, believe, speak, pray, work. Okay. And you know, the next thing you know, you've transformed it. You've transformed it. My wife and I, we bought an older home, 50, something years old. Everything, everything needed attention. Oh, pastor Steven, that's just a dump. You'll never turn that around. Well, that was a couple of years ago and neighbors are just like, wow, Thank you for what you've done. Now, we didn't do it in six days, right? (laughs) But wow, even within six months, people are like, wow, man. Okay, so at this point, yeah, it's incredible what my wife had been able to do by God's grace. But what is it? It's believing, getting scriptures, okay, and then speaking that, and then also praying. Okay, so we never want this to become robotic or or like... um, some kind of mindless routine. No, we want to have passion and love for God and just enjoy life. Amen. But you keep doing that, keep walking in it. And now people are like, wow, my goodness. So once, uh, what, what was once an eyesore is now it's like a gym. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Still some more stuff to do, right? But it's not like it used to be. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. What would you do with your world? I mean, it's your world. It's your, it's your life. <laughs> well, I don't have the faith, Pastor Stephen. Now, we've already covered that. Yes, you do. You just have to use it, and it will work for you, just like it works for me, just like it worked for Abraham, just like it worked for David, who coined the expression, spirit of faith. And so when you have the spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that the patriarchs had, that Paul had, what do you do? Therefore, we speak. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you speak, you jump up sometimes and shout. I call every bill paid, every debt paid off in the name of Jesus. And you just keep working it. You keep working it, whatever it might be. You keep working it, praise God. And then suddenly, boom, There can be sudden explosions of glory where something's accomplished or done, or also it's just principles begin to kick in, and the next thing you know, it's finished. It's done. But the bottom line is, it will work for you, but you have to work yet. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, bless your people today. Strong faith, strong faith, great faith even. Father, we thank you. We thank you that this is the... This is the Joshua end time generation. This is the great end time Joel's army. This is the conquering army. I thank you father for your people doing great exploits through faith, by your power, by your grace. We thank you for it. Father, I ask that you would bless them so that they can be a blessing, bless them so that they can be a blessing. Father, we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you're watching today, and you don't know Christ as your savior. My friends, you need to be saved so that you can get in on this faith power. Praise God. By, by the way, you can't get to heaven without faith in Jesus. That's where it all begins, and you certainly need that. But as you've been hearing, uh, the potential of faith, it begins with salvation. It's released at that moment. For those of you that don't know Jesus, today is your is the day of salvation. Call upon him right now. Pray this prayer Out loud, just say, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. I surrender my life to you now. Jesus, wash me with your blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. My friends, the Lord has heard that prayer. Welcome, welcome to the family of God. You're saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. You made it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And just as you have used your faith to receive Christ, you can also use your faith to receive other blessings that God has also made available for you. Now, together as a body of believers, as part of the body of christ let's take holy communion want to encourage you to grab some grape juice and grab uh, a little wafer or cracker now you don't have to have a cup made out of olive wood from bethlehem you can get a plastic cup okay The, the the cup is not important uh but grab some juice i use grape juice like uh in the bible grab a little wafer and uh this is a just to you can get these on the internet, okay? But if you have a little cracker, something at the home, that will work just fine as well. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the the bread, the juice. We bless it through this prayer and set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is the flesh and this is the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for union with Jesus his strength in us, that authority to speak, even as he spoke to a fig tree and cursed it. And by the next day, it was completely dead. We thank you that we can speak to unproductive areas, to uh, these areas that would be against us. And we can speak your word and we can see mountains moved, difficulties, and obstacles overcome. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that we are a faith-speaking people. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Praise the Lord. Keep your prayer life up. If you ever feel dry, as if you're speaking and there's no life in it. Stop speaking because there isn't any life in it. Stop speaking. Get filled back up and get prayed up. Praise God. Speak from the point of overflow. Praise God. Father, thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. As we receive his blood, we thank you for health, longevity, and Lord being blessed that we might be a blessing to others. Father, today, by the anointing of your Holy Spirit, show your people the the specialized areas where they can work on making their world beautiful. Father, we can't do everything overnight, but we can start on one area. We could clear one square foot and get that in order. We could clean one room and have that in order. But Father, let your people begin to speak in accordance with what they desired to see come to pass. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We thank you that we are speaking strictly, solely, in line and in agreement with your holy word. In Jesus, then we pray. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And my friends, before we close, please remember, we're getting very close to Yom Kippur. And the Lord instructed me to share with you to sow a debt freedom seed. Yom Kippur has always been associated with freedom from debt. And I'm praying for you, believing with you that God will supernaturally bring you out of debt and walk you out of debt, help you get all your debts paid off with supernatural help. Praise God. I know a person could apply themselves to maybe work three jobs and pay it down. But in doing that, your marriage falls apart and your walk with God falls apart, but you're going to do your part. But God is going to supernaturally expedite this and bring you out of debt for his glory so that you will be more free for him more effective for him. So I invite you to sow a seed, a Yom Kippur debt freedom seed, and you can do that at our ministry website, or you can mail it to us. And I'm going to be praying on October the 5th for God's people, those that sow into this, to receive special grace from the Lord, to come into absolute, complete debt freedom. Praise God. Amen. And I believe it. I believe it. Pastor Stephen, why do you believe it? Because the word, the word, it's in agreement with the word. And the Lord spoke to me and said, instruct my people to sow a debt-free offering that I might go to work on their behalf to bring them supernaturally out of debt. So we give God praise and thank you for supporting this ministry. You're giving uh, towards uh into the ministry you're giving your sowing of that seed is being used to pay off the remaining balance on the 14.14.5 acres of beautiful land that we have where we will build the future ministry headquarters. amen let's get that land paid off amen thank you for being a blessing to the ministry and I'm praying for you that God will bring you completely out of debt. amen now today continue to go forth and create the beautiful world that you desire by using specific faith and by speaking and by staying prayed up. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.